Welcome to Bloom, the podcast where mums share their unfiltered birth experiences. We hope that by listening to their stories, you feel empowered and inspired wherever you are on your own journey. Welcome to Bloom. Fiona's journey through five miscarriages and three successful births is a magnificent story of growth, of overcoming fears, and demonstrates the power of your own voice even when medical emergencies arise. There are times when experts know best and there are times when mum's conviction is strong and as Fiona grew into motherhood and grew in her confidence, she felt more empowered to speak up and follow her own instincts in ways that were right for her and her babies. Fiona struggled to bond with her first baby because of a fear that it could all be taken away from her at any moment, especially when she was diagnosed with obstetric cholestasis in the final few weeks before her first child's birth. By her third baby, though, Fiona had turned away from the reams of maternity literature, parenting and weaning books that had shaped her first two pregnancies, and instead tuned into her own body and mother's instinct, allowing her to discover new levels of enjoyment and connection with her children. Today, we have Fiona with us. Um, Fiona, thank you so much for joining us and agreeing to share your story. We always start with the same question, so we'd love to hear your name, your age, where you're from what you do in life and all about your lovely family. Um, So I'm Fiona, Um, I'm a physio, I'm 31 and I've got three children, Phoebe, Jack and Lola and they vary in age. So Phoebe's eight, Jack is five and Lola is, I'm going to say 18 months because I never know the bit in between one year and 18 months, it all just sort of blurs. So she's 18 months old (laughs) about Um, and yeah, I don't know what else. I, did I have to say anything else? Oh, so I'm, well, I live in Tamworth at the minute, which is pretty close to Birmingham. Wonderful. So starting at the very beginning, how and when did your kind of journey to motherhood begin? Like, did you always know you wanted to be a mum of three, uh, a mum at all? <laughs> you know, when, when, did, when did all of this start for you? So I think I pretty much always knew I really wanted to be a mum. Like, I remember even through like childhood, all of my most enjoyable games would always be like moms and babies or moms and dads and all the usual stuff that you play like and I always used to really enjoy that and I think I just always knew that I would really enjoy being a mom and it was almost like mom was top priority for me and career was like second almost which is kind of weird so I felt like I had to like push through getting the career and getting that done and at least getting qualified and then straight away I was like right now I want to progress on to the second bit because I always felt like being a mom was the the prime objective yeah um and then you know but obviously there's a sensible side that kicks in and you're like well I should probably have a proper job I should probably be able to provide a good life for them mm-hmm. so that kicked in but yeah I think I knew like all the time I pushed through uni got my qualification and then I think I was working I was I got pregnant so I I qualified in like the May uh, as a physio and I started working straight away I got a job straight away and I think by the October I think it was I was pregnant and I was like yeah well on board yeah Uh, and then I I finished my job in May to go on maternity leave um so I'd been working a year and I was then, I'd got a baby. So I was pregnant at 
22 and by the time I had Phoebe I was 23 and life just went from there so you just knew your priorities you you got your list done I'm gonna qualify then I know I want to get pregnant and crack on and and become a mum yeah like I did it all in that in that one year I got a house like got a mortgage on my house got set up in the house and that was it I've lived in that house ever since I've not moved around I got that was like the first thing I did when I qualified I was like right I'm gonna get a house that's gonna be suitable for the future and I just went for it I just I didn't you know I just didn't seem to waste my time I love that I love that you just knew what you wanted went for it ticked the boxes this is the life that I want and I'm gonna set myself up for it did you did you know a lot about pregnancy motherhood beforehand because you know that's quite young did you have other friends around you who were also getting pregnant that you could kind of go through the experience with um one of my friends at the time was pregnant um but she wasn't really a close friend but we got closer whilst um she was pregnant and then I think she had her baby around the time that I actually conceived or was pregnant or knew I was and um yeah it so I no, nobody else really around me had had children. I hadn't really got much experience with babies, really. Um, yeah, it was just I just really wanted to. I just really wanted to do it, and I think I don't know what I really don't know what set it off. It was just always there. I think amazing, amazing. Yeah. And how um, how was trying to conceive? Obviously, that happened. Then you know, Phoebe's pregnancy yeah. happened very quickly, as you said. How was that process? Um, were you yeah yeah what did you go through to to get there so um initially I did have uh, like a surprise pregnancy before I even wanted a, a baby as such it feels weird saying that because I know I always wanted a baby so I was mm. never in a position where I didn't want one but um I did have a not planned pregnancy but that I, I miscarried that baby and then that really then kick-started my real like urge I was like right I definitely do want a baby and Mm. it was almost like a cruel experience if you like it was like oh from finding out to like I was on the pill at the time as well so it was a real Mm. shock um finding out to then going through miscarriage was in the space of a week because I miscarried really early I think okay and so it was all a bit of a whirlwind of like being really really excited and then having to tell my family who ultimately were quite concerned at my young age and I wasn't married and I wasn't in then I didn't even have a a house I was living in a rented flat and everyone was a bit worried and and then before I knew it it had all been taken away from me and I just Mm. felt really like this is cruel this is horrible something I've wanted for so long which seems weird at the age of 22 saying I really wanted it for so long but I really did like Mm. it felt like things were really fitting all into place and then yeah it 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 all went wrong and and then from that point on I was like I really want a child and I was really upset about things and so I had loads of discussions with my partner at the time and he was older than me anyway so at the time it felt good we'd got a plan in place we knew that we were going to get a house and once we knew all those things, then we were like, right, we'll, we'll go for it. And then I ended up getting pregnant really easily with Phoebe. It was and literally like the first time, well, the first month. And yeah. how did having that miscarriage then 
I mean, it takes a lot of courage then to pick yourself back up and start again and want to. And clearly it sounds like it re-motivated you even more to want to have have the baby. But do you think that it then shaped your experience of Phoebe's pregnancy? How do you think it impacted you? Well, everything, because it was always it was always something that was so important to me that when I did have it all like taken away from me, I just felt completely out of control with the with the miscarriage it all felt like I couldn't have wanted this more I was straight on board as soon as I found out I was like right literally trying to do everything by the book Mm. didn't want to do anything wrong was being really careful um like at the time in my job I had to go in the hydrotherapy pool and stuff and I was like no I can't because I'm Mm. pregnant I was really like really really careful and then it all went wrong and so that then built me up to be like right well this time now I am actually pregnant I was perfect last time and nothing like it all went wrong nothing worked then so it almost made me feel like I had to be absolutely perfect mm. the next time round because I was always yeah and I, it built from there like I was always really nervous I was always really careful about everything like what I was eating what I was doing at work I was like I can't do that because it's heavy and mm. it just once you get into that mindset of having to be that way to protect your child and to protect your pregnancy it's really hard then to feel confident to step out of that mindset Mm. because I was always like well if I do that and it goes wrong then it's only me to blame gosh it's a huge amount to to have on your shoulders yeah but of course this pregnancy then did go through all the way to the end wonderfully you you had Phoebe arrive did you um did you experience all of that those nerves and fears throughout um and Mm -hmm. how how were your symptoms of pregnancy how were you um getting on I had really bad nausea oh the nausea was horrific oh god it was so bad with Phoebe but they do say that that it's worse with girls in the early stages um mm. and it was really bad I just I'd get home it would start at about five o'clock at night and I'd get home from work and literally be like oh like I'm gonna and my my absolute survival was a hot chocolate weirdly enough seemed mm. to take it away oh, so wow. I drank hot chocolate and I was all right after that <laughs> it's oh, all very weird yeah um and then yeah the, the worry re- never really went away I was nervous the whole time um if I didn't feel a move I'd panic if I didn't if I didn't feel normal one day or I had this obsession with like pregnancy symptoms in the early days I was constantly being like am I still pregnant and I'd like squish my boob and be like yep Mm. still sore (laughs) I'm Mm. still pregnant like all these crazy things that I used to do or one day I'd be like I don't feel so sick is that a sign that something's going to go wrong Mm. like constantly worried um but everything was fine at every checkup everything was absolutely fine and then it wasn't until really end stages I think I was 36 weeks Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I went to a midwife checkup and that particular morning that I had a midwife checkup I just moved house I arrived at the new house and everything was obviously new in this house and I'd bought new towels and everything and I went to this midwife checkup and I was really itchy and the midwife noticed that I kept like scratching and I was like oh I think it's just I've literally moved into a new house yesterday and I've got new towels and I think I'm just a bit sensitive skin maybe and she was like no I need you to go and get this checked out so I went to hospital and I was like oh everything will be fine 
Um, and then they did a blood test and they sent me home and then I was in the bath trying to soothe my itching and a bit later in the hospital rang me and they were like, uh, you're very seriously like unwell with your pregnancy. You've got obstetric coleostasis and you're, they checked the blood for bile and they said like the bile levels are sky high. We've never mm. known anyone have such high levels. Wow. And I was like panicking then. I was thinking, oh God. And they said, come in tomorrow morning. Um, and we'll monitor baby so overnight just make sure that she's moving okay and I was like well that was then like I was in panic station I was like well how am I going to know what movement's right what's normal what's not yeah and and I went into hospital and the next morning and they did some more tests and then a consultant came around and basically said you know we need to get this baby out of you um next week you'll be induced at 37 weeks because if we don't your baby's going to die Wow. Like, wow, 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 wow. So you've moved okay. house, you were you had no inkling that, you know, you've you're you're feeling itchy, but you you've no inkling that anything's going on and all of a sudden you're yeah. suddenly being diagnosed as extremely ill. What can you can you remind us the name of the obstetric coleostasis? And um, um, is that a specific pregnancy yeah. related illness? What what does that mean? I think it's where, I'm still not sure, but I think it's basically where your body is under such a lot of pressure by that point with with pregnancy that it, your liver can't cope particularly well and it starts mm-hmm. to leak bile out of the liver into the blood, but I could be wrong, wow, but I okay. think it's that. So basically you have too much bile acid in your blood and that then, if it crosses the, the like into the womb, that level of bile would would poison the baby and make it an unsuitable environment for them goodness wow so thank goodness it was caught but that must have been a huge shock and worry for you yeah oh it was absolutely terrifying and it just cemented all of those fears that I'd had all along of like you know is everything going to be okay and all at the last moment I was like oh my gosh like I finally got my head around it finally looking forward to baby being here and now actually it could still all be taken away Wow, goodness, it must have, so were you then in hospital um, being treated before then that the induction happened? Yeah, so they sent me, they gave me antibiotics that I had to take and sent me home, but I had to go in every day for a checkup, for Mm -hmm. a growth scan and for the fetal monitoring. Mm -hmm. So I was basically in hospital, they just used to let me out at night. (laughs) Gosh, okay, and so this is your first baby. Had you, you know, been preparing for a certain type of birth? Like, did you have expectations of what you'd wanted? And then, you know, that was then obviously taken away from you as well. Yeah, kind of. Like, I knew that I wanted, um, obviously did the antenatal classes that a lot of people do. And I decided then, because of my fear of everything possibly going wrong, I thought the best option is going to be no pain relief, I'm just going to try and do a really natural birth because I didn't, I didn't want to not be in control. Mm. Um, So that was the sort of route I'd planned. And I was like, no medication, nothing, just as natural as I can possibly be nice and settled at home, trying to get my own pain relief in place. And then obviously go to hospital when needed, but tried to just, my plan was to be as natural as possible in Mm. my own environment for as long as possible, giving natural pain relief for as long as possible Mm. and that obviously all went completely wrong when they said you've got to be induced at 37 weeks and I was like great yeah how did that feel (laughs) I was just nervous that thing I think the overriding fear was it it was just 
all that I was just so fearful that things would go wrong and ultimately that led not to a very relaxed environment for me but yeah it was it was okay like it was still a really nice birth experience yeah what did happen in when it came around to the big day so I went in I'd got loads of stuff on my iPad at the time like loads of films downloaded I thought I'd be there forever and a day I'd well prepared for failed induction well prepared for the the idea of a c-section and all of those things and then I got there and they did the induction and then you just sit and wait and it all progressed quite quickly what kind of um sorry to interrupt but what kind of um what kind of induction was it because there were various ways that they try to induce you yeah yeah so I just had the pessary um Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was but it was just the pessary which is the hormonal sort of uh, want to say like tampon thing but they put yeah. up inside your uterus yeah okay. yeah and they warned me when you go for a wee don't let it drop out I was like how could that happen and then <laughs> when I went to the toilet I was like ah that's how it could happen yeah <laughs> I pulled it out <laughs> so um yeah you have to pop it back in now <laughs> um so they came back around and like popped it in for me which was lovely um but then yeah they, they were just like you know, if you can get up and go for a walk, do as much as you can. So that was it. I was like, right, I'm literally walking the whole hospital stairs as much as I can up and down the stairs on the gym ball around the hospital. And it got to the point where I was walking around the hospital like car park. I was that desperate for more space. (laughs) And then I was like leaning up against the fence, like my back's hurting quite a lot now. And then it would go away. And then at that point, I was like, this is probably contractions mm. still because I never knew you know you don't know what a contraction feels no, like you've got no idea you don't know what you're looking for yeah and I was like is, is this it I don't know is this is this it mm. um so I, I said to them I was like I'm getting a bit of pain and then they checked me out and they were like yeah you're you're progressing really well um and then it just went from there I went in the bath to try it wasn't like the proper hydro pool but it was just a bath on the ward I got in there and I was every contraction I was like singing it out trying to relax singing it out amazing yeah I was like you know what these poor people <laughs> trying to give birth but I'm just there singing really do you remember loudly. what you were singing I, no I think I was making up my own song of like the pain will go away in a minute <laughs> <laughs> I love that just completely random song it was more of like a chant I think of mm-hmm. like I'm gonna get through and I'm gonna be okay amazing um and like tapping my foot on the bath and all sorts um, and then what was quite handy was they gave me a big towel and said, pop it, like wet the towel in the bathwater and pop it over your tummy because obviously you can't fully submerge when you're pregnant. And it was amazing. It really helped. Mm. Um, Do you think it was the heat of it or just feeling all kind yeah. of wrapped up? Or I don't know what it was. The heat was really nice on the front of my bump, mm, though. It that's was, a good idea. It was really nice. Um, and yeah, so then it all went from there and I got down to the delivery suite and it got a bit hairy at one point, like Phoebe came out with her elbow over her head and just was a bit awkward. But oh. she got there in the end. Okay. Yeah, she was like she was like that. But wow. she got there like in the end. Like a superhero almost. Yeah. It was quite painful. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, you did. You did clearly very well with an extra little protrusion coming out the front. Um, yeah. So so from when you started the induction, kind of how long are we talking? And, you know, from um, kind of managing it yourself, did you then get pain pain relief at all over the course of it? Um, no, I did gas and air. Um, I, I think I went down to the... So I was induced at like 10. And then I went down to the delivery suite at about seven, I think. Mm. And then 
by the time I had it on out, good moms are supposed to remember. Like, <laughs> children <Good moms>. are born. <laughs> I did used to remember. I think she was born at like two minutes to one mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. So in total, it was like, how many hours is that? 15 hours? 14, 15 hours? Which for a first birth and induction. I mean, it sounds like all that walking around the hospital really really helped. Do you think it did? Definitely helped. Mm. Yeah, 100%. If I'd been lying there, it would never have worked. Like I was, I just had to get going. So what was Um, it like? So did you feel like the gas and air helped? You know, was it making a difference even right up to the end? No, not (laughs) (laughs) to start with. To start with, it was weird. I, I, did like my first puff on it and then I was like oh this is really weird and it changed my voice and everything and I felt really like aggressive for a Mm -hmm. second and then it went away and I was like that's really weird so I said to my partner at the time I was like you've definitely got to try some (laughs) like it's the to-do thing I was like you've got to try it it's really weird you've got to know what I'm experiencing Mm. then you can maybe sympathize with when I'm like really angry Mm. and he agreed he did it it was like yeah it does actually make you feel really agitated um it's a bit weird but yeah um I stayed with it I used it and it it did take the edge off things definitely did take the edge off it but it was still painful obviously towards the end but I didn't mind that so much because I I knew what was happening to my body I knew Mm. I felt in control Mm. so I didn't mind the pain element that's amazing so you just kind of lent into what was happening let your body did its thing yeah I did keep saying to the midwife I was like yeah when's she gonna be out then and they were like well I don't know and I was like no I, I need a target time I need to work towards something how long do you think it's gonna be give me something like, I don't know I was like can't you just look and tell me yeah. if, half an hour 10 minutes they were like we don't know it's amazing so, though that you kept pushing through and I mean literally yeah. as well what did it feel like because um, so no pain relief basically what did it no. actually feel like to feel her moving down your body and out into the world really really weird Mm. my main fear was every time I felt her move I was like am I pooing myself (laughs) (laughs) have I just pooed (laughs) and they were like don't worry it's it probably it happens we're used to it and I was like yeah but uh, that's really embarrassing and they were like honestly don't worry about it it's fine literally happens all the time yeah but they were like it's it's basically like squeezing a toothpaste tube your baby's head is squeezing your bowel I was like lovely great (laughs) lovely image (laughs) so um yeah it was it was crazy like it was really really painful but I I I'm not gonna say I enjoyed the pain because I didn't but I definitely felt some sort of control with Mm. the pain and I knew when things were ramping up and I knew when things were getting closer and that was comforting for me to know everything's okay everything's going in the right direction I'm still in the room nothing bad's happening to me yeah and she is coming Um, into this world and you're in control of that yeah and then they said that like her head it was all a bit crazy the doctors came in and tried to forceps her and I was like no way you're not using forceps oh wow um and then I I was so angry at the doctors for even suggesting forceps that I like really pushed really hard because I'd been pushing for like three hours so I pushed really hard because I was so angry and then the midwife like moved the doctors out the way because she was like I'm delivering this baby and then her head came out and then the midwife was like wait for the burn and I was like the burn I was like oh that burn yeah I know what you're talking about now and yeah the burn really hurts when the head comes out okay 
Okay. Yeah. Wow. So hang on a tickle. So you, um, the doctors came in. Was there a particular yeah. reason? It was just you'd been pushing for so long. Pushing they for then so decided long. it's the moment. And you push yeah. back and you were like, no, this yeah. is my delivery. I'm going to do it this way. That is amazing. Yeah, I was like, do not do that. And then the midwife was so keen to get in the way as she did, as she like pushed the doctors out of the way, she caught her little name badge on her lanyard and that went flying across. The <laughs> and everyone was like, whoa, what's going on? Wow. And then Phoebe arrived and they were like, ah, oh, that's why she's so tricky. She's back to back and she's got her elbow coming out first. Wow. Wow. And she's been like that ever since. Awkward. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, that just sounds heroic and just amazing that you just had your conviction. As you said, you felt what was right in your body and you just went with it and told them told them what was what. And I'm going to do yeah. it my way. Yeah, absolutely. It was really empowering. And then you had little Phoebe with you, on you. She made it. Mm-hmm. You made it. Yeah. How, how did it feel? Oh, God, it's just wild, isn't it? Like, you literally, like, I didn't know what to do with myself, really. Like, I had her, and I was literally like, oh, my God, like, here she is. Everything is fine. She's here. And in that five minutes of, like, absolute bliss, like, absolute uninterrupted pure bliss of this is my baby I just kept looking at her and I was like I love you so much I'm so happy you're here and all that talk you do and then it was like right what do I actually do now (laughs) I've got a baby oh crap I've got a baby what do I do what happens and I didn't yeah and like everybody leaves the room yeah and then you're like okay so this is this is on me now uh what yeah Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know how to get her dressed like they'd put a nappy on her and wrapped her up and then I was like well I want to get a little vest on and I was like how do I touch her they feel so fragile as well so fragile yeah so they're just so little and so tiny and like you just almost left for that moment and they just leave you and you're like well I don't know how to get her dressed where do I touch her is it okay to pull her arm like I put it over her head and then I was like but but how do I get her arm through so the midwife came and helped me and she was lovely um and then I was like what did they bring you the tea and the toast which is amazing and then they were like right go and have a shower if you want and I was like what <laughs> I can't get in the shower <laughs> after all that yeah I was like what like, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stand up and like everything's just gonna fall like what what's gonna happen yeah. And um, they were like, it's okay. They put a little pad on the floor. And I was like, wonderful. <laughs> just, <laughs> just stood up. <laughs> just let everything just drain naturally. Um, and then I got in the shower and washed my hair because that was a mess. And yeah, I'm, it just went from there. And then obviously you go on the ward and you're surrounded by other moms who look as confused as you. And that's comforting. I decided not to breastfeed. I was like, I'm going to just go for the bottle feeding option. And I just went with that and... That was at the time that the hospital used to give you milk bottles. They don't do that anymore. Okay, um, they stopped that. Mm, they stopped that. So yeah, it was all, it was all really nice, really supportive. A wonderful blur from there, and a yeah. steep learning curve. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to get home. I was like, I just want to get home. Everything just feels easier at home. And what was um, your your personal recovery like? Obviously, you're learning to look after a newborn. That's a whole thing. But you you've gone through this huge huge ordeal not only the birth but the being ill beforehand what mm-hmm. is your recovery like and was there anything that 
kind of particularly sticks in your mind? Yeah, I think I was really traumatised afterwards. Like, I don't think I recognised it as trauma at the time, but I Mm. definitely was. Like, I couldn't sleep after I had it. Every time I closed my eyes, I kept having these flashbacks to the level of pain I was in Mm. or like the moment she was born. And even though it was wonderful and I loved every moment, I think I was really traumatised and I couldn't, I kept, it was like, it was flashbacks, you know, if you'd have after a really bad experience, Mm. I kept having that. Um, And so that, like my physical um, recovery was okay. I had stitches because of the elbow situation. It was quite awkward. Mm. So I did have stitches. and it was quite extensive. I think it would like, I don't think it, had, I think it was grade three, grade two, grade three. Okay. So it was quite extensive. And they said when they were stitching me, they were like, oh, it's quite an awkward position. So it was difficult. Like toileting was uncomfortable, but it is anyway. Like nobody warns you for, for that. And I remember like when I first went to the toilet for a wee, I was like Googling, like, why is it burning so much? And it was because like, obviously your urine isn't particularly pleasant on your open wound so then it said like get a bottle of water and pour it over at the same time as you're doing a wee and I was like brilliant okay so Google came to the rescue there um and then obviously like the first time you have to go for a poo is horrifying yeah did you have any tips about how how to make that in any way better some I read on Google again Google because I was too embarrassed to ask anybody I mean I'm not now but I was at the time so embarrassed Mm. to ask someone and I read on Google about how obviously after labor your pelvic floor is really stretched and it's not really contracting and stuff so and you can get like this there's a pelvic floor muscle that also helps the boundary between like your bladder and your bowel there's Mm. like a pelvic floor there so and it can sometimes you can have a pelvic floor weakness from your bowel into your bladder Mm. so when you are like going for a poo it doesn't it it's hard to explain but your poo doesn't come out as it should basically because Mm. you've got this laxity in your pelvic floor so I read that if you're really struggling you can get some tissue paper obviously on your hand I mean if you wanted to know tissue paper I suppose you could but I went tissue paper uh and and hold it between like your two holes basically and and provide a pressure there to enable the poo to come out easier so you don't have to push and push so do you mean putting your hand inside your no just on the outside on the outside yeah so uh, as if you're going to wipe yourself after you've had a wee but just hold the toilet paper there and and if you feel anything like pushing like I felt like a definite pressure onto my hand when Mm. I was trying to push to go to the loo so you just provide a pressure back and that helps that helps hugely interesting it's it's what I do even like now I don't care about being that public it's what I have to do now I've had three children like it's worse now than it was the first time yeah that's valuable Um, yeah it's it's just a really really helpful tip for anyone that's thinking I am pushing excessively and getting nowhere you probably just need to put a bit of pressure because they also um say that you shouldn't really try and be pushing afterwards do you because obviously everything mm. is really loose everything's gone through a lot and you don't want to make it worse in the immediate aftermath exactly. so how are you supposed to go to the toilet yeah yeah and also putting your feet up on a little stool mm. apparently helps raising your feet up so I did that um and yeah I, I kept getting loads of pain in a like 
around my stitches I kept getting the midwives to look at the stitches and they were like no the stitches are fine I was like why am I getting so much pain there it turns out I had really bad piles which Mm. nobody decided to tell me which was great no one seems to talk about the fact that hemorrhoids are I mean as far as I've understood a real thing but a really 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 common thing and it seems to be this little secret that no one talks about and obviously it's not glamorous but it is very very likely you're gonna have them yeah I tell all my friends that are pregnant, well, I don't know why, but on like the nappy, uh, not la- nappy, on the hospital bag list, never says pile cream, but I tell all of my pregnant friends, I'm like, get some pile cream in because you're probably going to have them. And if you don't, you're really lucky, but you probably will. And that's okay. That's perfectly normal. Why does no one talk about the glamorous side of this? <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, why wouldn't you want to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> So you've had wonderful Phoebe and then when did you decide that you were ready or wanted to try having having another baby? So you said you had Phoebe when you were 23? Yeah, yeah. So then I had Jack when I was, I found out I was pregnant with Jack when I was, must have been 25 because Phoebe had just turned two, yeah. But Jack was a complete surprise. Um, I d- I'd just started a new job um it it was not planned in fact if anything um we knew that a slip-up had happened and I went I was like this now isn't the right time for me so I went and got a um got the morning after pill bit of a gripe of mine I paid like the extra amount to get the 99% effective one um it didn't work I ended up having Jack (laughs) wow wow yeah yeah a miracle yeah absolutely I'm so glad I'm really really glad because I think it's that ultimate like fear like I knew that I wanted another baby I did but I just started a new job I knew this slip-up had happened I knew that I got pregnant quite easily because I did with Phoebe and I was like no now is not the right time I'm not even sure I'd qualify for maternity pay so it's like Mm -hmm. a really hard decision to make anyway but I did it instinctively I was like no I need to just do it and then I did start to regret it a little bit in the interim I was like I wish I hadn't done that. It would have been really nice. Mm. Fast forward four weeks, I was pregnant anyway. <laughs> the pill didn't work. And then what was that second pregnancy like? You know, having had the miscarriage um, formally mm-hmm. as well, were you then still having all the nerves that you did before or because you'd got through with Phoebe, did that then help you have a more positive experience yeah. this time? It did. It did help me have a more positive experience weirdly when I was pregnant these weird things that happened but when I was pregnant with Phoebe I'd obviously found I found out that I was having a girl with Phoebe um and then somehow my mind had convinced myself that I was unable to carry boys and that's why I must have miscarried before it must have been a boy so it was just something that I told myself it wasn't based on any level of fact at all it was just something I told myself to try and comfort myself I think And then when I was pregnant with Jack, I then had the fear that I've taken a morning after pill. What's that level of hormone done to the baby? All that fear, panicking. So then I did an early private scan. I was like, I just want to know that baby's all okay. And really, I didn't actually know how old he might be or or anything. I had no idea how pregnant I was. Mm. So I got a scan to date him and it ended up, they were like, oh, we we can't see a baby we can see a sack but we can't see a baby so I was like oh okay maybe the hormone has done something maybe actually this is just going to end in miscarriage so those fears had started setting in already 
And then I went for my NHS scan and everything was fine. Perfect baby. Absolutely perfect. And then I did another scan because I was still nervous. I did another scan to find out if I was having a boy or girl. And I found out I was having a boy. And then I was like, oh, no. Because I'd told myself before, like, you won't have boys. I was like, oh, no, this is going to end badly. I don't don't know why. It was so tormenting for myself. Um, And I went through all those same fears, really. I didn't, you know, a lot of people do say about you feel better once you've had one. But I didn't. I didn't feel less fearful. And that's okay. Like, it's it's okay to still be scared the second time round. So, yeah, I was really scared still. You've had this wonderful, beautiful baby, but that doesn't take Mm -hmm. away risks. And obviously you had you know, a, a, a difficult surprise at the end of your pregnancy yeah. with Phoebe as well. So you must have been thinking, well, at any moment, you know, yeah. something could still happen. Yeah. And you're more likely, well, not more likely, I don't think, but if you've had coleostasis, obstetric coleostasis once, you can have it, you're, you're more likely than anybody who's never had it to have it again, if that makes sense. You're like almost more susceptible to it. So I was being consultant led for my second baby. They were looking after me, doing all these regular checks. I didn't get that complication with Jack and it was all absolutely fine how was preparing for birth when you're already looking after another child as well because you know it's very different to the first pregnancy because it's no longer about just looking after yourself how do you look after yourself and a little one that you've got running around yeah exactly it was yeah the contingency plans were in place of like if I go into labor then my mom would step in and help out. They're retired, so it made it easy. It's not like they were working. You know, they could step in at any moment. They were on call. Um, being pregnant with a little one was hard work. It, it is hard work. Yeah. You don't get your downtime. Um, when I was pregnant, Phoebe was two, just over two. Mm. So she'd not done naps anymore. She was done with naps. So I didn't really get any downtime Oof. at all. Um yeah. It's just really, really tiring, isn't it? But Phoebe, luckily, is a good sleeper, so at least I got my rest at night. And then in those kind of build-up, those build-up weeks to the birth itself, mm-hmm. having already given birth naturally only on gas and air and have, having had the experience you did, did you think, oh, I want it to be different this time, I'd love it to be similar? Um, obviously, you'd had to have been induced last time. Mm-hmm. Did you have expectations about the birth you wanted to try and create this time relative to the last one? And how did it actually go? Yeah, so... In a weird way, I quite liked the induction because it was all set up. I knew when I had to go into hospital, I knew that when I was in hospital, I would be staying there until I came out, hopefully with a baby, but you never know. Um, and, and that everything was going to be fine. And, and I did quite like the planned element. So it was nerve wracking when I was just sat there twiddling my thumbs thinking, am I going into labour? I, don't, I still don't know what labor's meant to be like. So is this labor? Are my waters going to break? Am I, what, like, mm. what, is, what is natural labor? I still had those concerns because I didn't actually know what natural labor was, was like. Um, mm-hmm. In the end, I ended up being induced again with Jack because I was overdue by three days and his movements had gone right down. Mm. So they just said, well, you're overdue. You've come in to be movement checked, so we may as well just induce you. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Um, so you didn't know that that might happen on the day. You just no. turned up not thinking, oh, I'm going to have my baby today. And then, yeah, well. I just turned up, didn't have anything with me. And they were like, so are you happy if we induce you in like an hour? I was like, 
an app well yeah um again had to ring my partner who was at work and I was okay. like we're gonna have a baby today so do you want to come come home and he was like well, not not really I'm at work I was like oh, I'm having a baby <laughs> that wasn't really a real question <laughs> yeah, you need to was, get home yeah it was more of a rhetorical question you're coming home um so yeah we, and then my mom bought in my hospital bag and you know it was all very much go 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 really and did you have a similar experience with the induction this time it was really 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 quick so I think I was induced in the end I was induced at about five half five at night and I'd had him by 10 to 10 I they literally popped the pessary up and they were like lie still for 15 minutes on the bed I was like okay and then after that 15 minutes I did what I did before and I was like right let's go for a walk and I got off the ward, I looked at the staircase and I was like, oh, I'm in quite a lot of pain. Probably shouldn't do the stairs. I'll go in the lift. I'll just ease myself in. Mm-hmm. I got in the lift and then we got to the bottom floor where we were meant to be getting out to walk around the car park. And I was like, yeah, we need to go back in the lift. I need to go back upstairs. I'm definitely having strong contractions. Mm. And I pretty much went to labour ward within half an hour of being induced wow and so to labor ward is that because you'd reached a certain dilation already or they could just see that you were about to give birth what was the kind of deciding factor yeah so I think when um when she popped the pessary in they obviously examine you anyway and she was like yeah you're like three centimeters dilated and like your um the the amniotic sac is like hanging down I don't know how your waters haven't broken Mm. I was like oh well that explains the discomfort I've been in (laughs) for the last three days thinking like what the hell is going on down there (laughs) um and yeah so she said that when she put the pessary up she was like I don't think it's going to be very long at all um and and it wasn't I, I think I went from like three centimeters to six within within that half an hour and she was like yeah if you carry on at that rate you need to go to delivery like now yeah so I got a wheelchair down to delivery with gas and air because I was like get me some gas and air I'm screaming um and it was all done it was all go 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 literally like I didn't have time to think I did say to them I want an epidural please because I was in so much pain last time and they were like yeah no we don't have time for that your baby's coming now I was like no Well, yeah, wanting one, not having time, that's a lot to then take in. Yeah, I was very, very scared. I was like, no, but I remember how painful it was last time. Yeah. Um, And so I definitely wasn't as naive as I was last time. Last time I was very much taking it in my, not taking it in my stride, but you sort of, you go with it and go with it. Ignorance is bliss a little bit. Yeah, you don't know when it's going to stop. So you just keep thinking, well, this is an acceptable level. I'll just get used to this because it could get worse. Whereas Mm. last time uh, when I was like having Jack, I was like, oh, it's quite painful, but I'm still not at the level of pain that I was at last time. So I was like, I'm not there yet. Ow, this is, I'm a long way off where I was pain wise. And so I kept like comparing and thinking, God, I've got such a long way to go and I'm already in so mm. much pain. I can't do it. Um, mm. And I remember screaming a lot, like, I can't do this. And the midwives mm. were like, we can. It's, I don't think you've got a choice, love. It's happening. <laughs> I was like, no, I'll just cross my legs. <laughs> were, were they supportive? Were yeah, they? they were really, really yeah. lovely. Um and when Jack was actually like born, when obviously the head always comes out first, hopefully. Um, and then there's that weird lull time where the head's out and then all goes eerily 
quiet and nothing really happens and then the body comes out and um yeah when I when that happened when Jack's head came out I I absolutely screamed the place town like blue murder mm. like it was like my partner at the time was like it was the most blood curdling scream I've ever heard I was like oh, mm. I'm really sorry the midwife was like you don't need to scream I was like I think I do. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, and I think I'll decide what I need to do right now. Thank absolutely. you. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, and then when they weighed him, they were like, the midwife came up and she was like, I'm really sorry for shouting at you for screaming. He is a very big baby. You did really well. Wow. Well, <laughs> but, yeah. nice that she apologised. But yeah. Thank you. How big was he? He was nine five. Wow. Yeah. Wow. wow With wow, a very wow. big head. Very, and even now he still has a very big head. <laughs> heroic so and and so you had had tears either two or three degree tears before did that happen again um no oh no tears so I obviously I either stretch very well or I didn't repair very well last time (laughs) one or the other (laughs) and so there was no need for it to stretch again um so yeah I, I was fine absolutely fine with Jack and how was um and afterwards I was fine afterwards in terms of just recovery getting back to normal yeah um I struggled a little bit more with my pelvis it was it it felt I mean it had to pass a much bigger baby this time so it had to stretch a lot more and so I had a lot of pain around my pelvis I couldn't really do things like I couldn't stand on one leg because my pelvis just felt like it was really wobbly Mm. so I was really struggling with getting dressed like had to lie down to put my trousers on and put my shoes on I had to sit down and stuff like that but in the grand scheme of things my recovery was pretty good I was walking and I was pain wise I was okay I just felt that really lovely relief you know what if you've been pregnant and Jack was really big so it was really uncomfortable Mm. and I couldn't really breathe properly I couldn't really do anything so I felt generally really relieved to have had him because all that discomfort had gone and I could live with what it was replaced with. It wasn't that yeah. bad. And how was introducing Phoebe and Jack? Was that a big moment? Oh. How did it go? Yeah, it was so cute. So it was in hospital. Uh, Phoebe came into hospital at visiting time and she bought him like a little elephant toy. And she was like, oh, it's the baby. And I was like, yeah, but whose baby is it? And she was like, it's mommy's baby. And I was like, yeah it is mommy's baby but who else's is it and she was like oh yeah oh it's my brother oh yeah and then was like really loving him and really wanted to cuddle him and he just had like the post like the pre-discharge check and stuff where they were checking him over his hearing you know they do all those reflex tests and um they'd taken all his clothes off so I just put his nappy back on and she was like oh what is that on his belly button (laughs) I was like yeah well that is his belly button what it looks like before and she was just like oh absolutely horrified (laughs) (laughs) so then it all went a bit downhill from there and but she's never once been jealous or like upset Mm. or anything she's absolutely loved every moment of being a sister good girl from the get-go oh how wonderful for your family so you've now got two gorgeous kids and you think, mm-hmm. I'm going to have another one. Was there a break <laughs> between yeah. um, between these yes. ones where you thought, I've got enough on my plate here? Or how how did you get to, to Lola and your third child? So I was definitely done after two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a divorce. I, I had got married while I was pregnant with uh, 
no, I'd had Phoebe, but, you know, in that time space of having Phoebe and Jack, I had got married to my partner who's dad to Phoebe and Jack. And then I got divorced um, when Jack was two. And then I just was obviously was single for a while. And then I met somebody and he hadn't got any children. And that conversation just sort of happened of like, okay, well, I've got two children. You don't have any do you want children in your future? Do you want your own children? And he was very much like, well, I see your children. Obviously, I accept them as my own. But yes, I would like to make our family a whole unit. Mm -hmm. And that was that. So we were like, okay. And I was like, well, can we do it sooner rather than later? Because I don't want a huge age gap between the children because it just, as a mom, feels like I'd have to cover more ground Mm -hmm. again. I'd be a mom for so long, if you know what I mean. Um like having young children for a really long time right get out of nappies at some point feels a bit relentless yeah yeah yeah. I just and I'd like to I mean my stair gates still haven't been removed from like eight years ago I would love one day to have a house with no stair gates yeah that would be the dream yeah um just stuff like that like it's all the stuff that comes with kids that you just you love kids I love kids I love all of my children but yeah it I just said to him come on let's do it sooner rather than later <laughs> so then we decided to try and have a baby and again I was lucky really for um I had a few miscarriages and then I was lucky when you say a few how many mm. did you have were they difficult to to live through um I think I, I sort of I think I had three possibly four um over a big span of time really um and then it just I don't really I don't really know because we were just like very much blasé about things. We we're like, look, let's try, but we'll see. No, n- neither of us were in a massive rush. Um, and I think the first time I didn't, I think I thought, oh, I might be pregnant here. But then I had, a, I felt like it was a miscarriage around the time that my period would have been due mm-hmm. anyway. But I did a pregnancy test and it was pregnant. But by then I'd already like miscarried. Mm. So that didn't really feel like anything major you hadn't kind of had the the big feeling around being pregnant and then it being taken away yeah it was very much a case of oh yeah I thought that was what had happened Mm. I'd already sort of got my head around it and then that happened again and then we decided let's let's ease off a little bit let's not try so hard let's just take it in our stride and just just see what happens and then I i found out I was pregnant and I think I was pregnant up until about six or seven weeks and then I had a miscarriage so then I start you know you start to worry and I had really open conversations with my husband at the time and I was like well I've had two children like what's going on here I've never had this many miscarriages and Mm. you have those sorts of discussions and then every and then we just tried again we just we didn't actively try not to try if that makes sense yeah um And I tried to relax and thought, right, I'm not going to monitor due date, uh, period due dates. I'm not going to monitor anything. I'm just going to see what happens. And eventually then I, I found out I was pregnant with Lola. And I thought, no, I'm not going to get too excited because of so much has happened in such a short space of time. And, you know, it's not, I, I told myself really, I think that it wasn't going to work. Mm. But then time, like time passed by and everything was actually okay Mm -hmm. um and then we went for like an early scan at nine weeks because I was getting a bit nervous yeah um 
and then yeah everything was fine and then we decided at that point we'll tell family and we'll like tell everyone because we're pretty sure everything's fine and then it's those awkward few weeks until the 12 week scan and and everything was fine and no real major problems that must have been a real relief but you know it's a that's a lot to go through so you Mm. know so that's effectively three miscarriages possibly four you said yeah um that must have really taken its toll on you yeah emotionally and as a couple thank goodness you it sounds like you had a really supportive partner yeah oh yeah he's he's wonderful um and we just it was really nice we just took it all in our stride and it was it was almost like a third baby would be lovely but it's not the end of the world Mm. and so we went in with it that of that mindset and that was quite a nice protective mindset for me as well really of like well Mm -hmm. it's it's okay and I don't I still don't know I'm pretty sure that my my husband would have really liked a baby and obviously he's got one now but at the Mm -hmm. time I'm not sure that he he hopefully uh, that he would have been okay with not having one yeah do you know what like so that was always a bit tricky it's it's an odd dynamic to to work with but we got there and and we were all okay but yeah it was really tough it was really really tough and also whilst trying to look after two kids and have a job and keep functioning in daily life yeah it was tough but the big kids got me through it did they (laughs) they yeah well they distracted me Mm -hmm. it was really nice actually a really nice distraction and I just had to keep being okay I couldn't I couldn't be really upset in front of them and and that helped me get a really tough look on it of like okay okay I have to be strong for these two Mm. they can't know what's going on did you how did you try and if at all talk to them about it you know just saying you know mummy's not feeling well or mummy you know yeah mummy mummy's just going through a lot right now exactly that I just kept it really like blank like if Phoebe would because Phoebe was older she'd ask questions and be like are you okay mommy and I'd be like yeah mommy's just having a little lie down because I just I've got tummy ache and she'd be like oh okay and and like give me lots of love and cuddles and be and she was able to understand like be gentle and she was and so was Jack like they they did get it they didn't know why I was obviously feeling rubbish but you know it, it was okay and a lot of the time I'd just make sure they didn't see but if they did or if I was like oh as I bent down or you know if I was in pain mm. they'd ask and I'd just be like oh mommy's just got a poorly tummy yeah just feel a bit poorly and what kind of um treatment or support did you get through through them that, and yeah. and obviously if they happen at different times then treatment and the way you experience them are going to be different as well how, how were you looked after yeah I didn't really get any I didn't really get any treatment or anything really and I think with my first miscarriage, so before I had Phoebe, I rang the doctors and spoke to the receptionist and was like, you know, I'm I'm really nervous that I'm miscarrying. And she said, well, how many weeks do you think you are? And I said, I don't really know, because um, I didn't really know what any of that meant at that time. Um, and she was like, well, you know, if it's going to happen, it, it's going to happen. <laughs> Gave me some really good medical advice. Um, and... Um, that was that really I didn't even see a doctor when I miscarried with Phoebe uh, with the baby before Phoebe and then with the others I don't I don't even think I bothered calling the doctors because I knew what was happening and my first experience of it was well they don't do anything anyway so I didn't really chase it up I didn't I just went with it and I think I was just always on the lookout for complications like 
if I felt unwell a week or so after or if I was bleeding for an excessively long time I would have done something then but a lot of the time I just did got on with it myself well it's not like you'd been particularly encouraged by that first experience I guess no and you don't have your first midwife appointment until I think you're eight weeks or something so you can't even speak you wouldn't even know who to call or and I certainly didn't even after having two children by that point I certainly didn't know who to call or what I could do I I was none the wiser at all thank goodness you had a wonderful support in your partner but yeah that must have been a really it's a real problem if if mums don't know who to look to yeah absolutely now you're pregnant with wonderful Lola um, not now, not, <laughs> in not the story. Not physically now, yeah. Not physically right now. Um, you're pregnant with wonderful Lola. How was this pregnancy different, if at all, from the others? Um, I was a lot bigger a lot sooner with Lola, mm. like hugely bigger. Um, but no real massive difference, really. I think it, I still had the fear. I think I'll, that will always be with me. Obviously, I don't plan on having any more children now, so that hopefully will be gone. But you you still have that level of fear, or, or I did have that level of fear and panic. And I was really nervous that as the further along I got, the more noticeable it was for the children to know that something was going on. And then there's that level of fear of, okay, well, now the kids know. If something goes wrong, what mm. what's this going to do to them? Like mm. I was so worried about the damage that it might cause them. And so there was that added fear along with my usual fear because Phoebe was, it was quite funny really. Phoebe was really on board with it and she had all her baby dolls that she kept playing with. And she was saying to um, Craig, who's my husband, she was saying to him at one point when we first said, oh, we're having a baby. She was like, um, that's amazing. And she got her baby dolls and she was teaching Craig how to hold a baby because she's had more babies than him and she kept (laughs) she's a real like she's really black and white and she was like well I have had more babies than you so I know what to do (laughs) so she was like teaching him and she was like come to me Craig when you've got any questions yeah basically was like yeah this is what you need to do and here's the milk bottle and this is what you do and like when we were decorating the room or when we were getting the cot ready she was like fully involved in all those decisions of what needed to happen what should be done where things should go sounds (laughs) like such a character oh yeah definitely so So, but everything did go well and how how did this third and final birth go um so I had I was I induced again do you know I just genuinely can't remember um yes I was induced why was I I was induced because she was so big she was measuring really, really big and I had lots of fluid. Um, so they decided to induce me a week early. So at like 39 weeks, they booked me in for an induction and I was totally fine with it. I've, you know, I've had two before. I was fearful, of course, it was going to be painful. I knew that. Um, I was still not that keen on having any sort of epidural at that time, but Mm-hmm. things would change probably and I knew that so I was like oh we'll quite be accepting of it but I'll try and be brave um mm-hmm. and then the induction just didn't work it was oh. there for like 24 hours didn't work everything was getting really painful because the pessary down there for that long it I, I don't know if it's a normal reaction or not but for me everything just got very swollen everything got very oh. irritated and I was okay. not in a good way and I was like this is really painful um And I've always had this fear of C-sections because I don't really like surgery. I don't really like 
that mm. I don't like the idea of the recovery, nothing. But I was so fed up that I was like, right, can I have a C-section? And mm. they said no. And they tried to do all sorts of crazy things like, we'll break your waters because you are dilated. We'll try and break your waters. But it all got a bit complicated because I had so much fluid that there was a risk that if they break my waters, there'd be so much water that would suddenly gush that the baby's head could, the baby's cord could come down before the head and it might get wrapped around her neck. Okay. So there was that fear that she might not survive. It seems to be an a, a always present thing in my pregnancies where there's this mm. risk, an imminent risk to their life. So mm. I was like, oh, well, I don't really want that. So they did try and break my waters, but they couldn't do it. And then they said to minimize this risk, we'll put you, we'll put you under a general anesthetic and we'll take you down to theatre and we'll break your waters and then you'll come back round and then you can give birth. And I was like, no, I don't think so. I was, by this, it sounded really tiring. <laughs> I was like, I'm really, I'm tired. I've been in this hospital. By that point, I think I'd been in the hospital like 36 hours wow. with no real contractions, nothing major. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I, I just don't want to have a general anaesthetic, mm-hmm. go to theatre. And they said um, that if this complication does happen, the reason they'd do it in, in theatre is because if this complication where the cord did come down and wrap around her neck, I'd be in the right place for an emergency C-section and I'd already mm. be ready and prepared to do it. Mm. I was like, well, that's not a very nice experience as a mom to go no. to sleep and not know actually what you're going to wake up to at all. No. Um, if you're going to wake up to your baby being born, if your baby's not going to be born, if you're still going to have to birth your child or if your child's not yeah, made it. No I no idea. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And I was quite confident by that point. And Craig was obviously very, very supportive. And he was really speaking up for me as well. Um, And basically saying, look, no, we're not happy with this. And I withdrew my consent to them doing that. And I said, no, I'm I'm not doing it. Um, I want a C-section because really that's the only treatment you have left for me. Right. And because were they offering you any alternative or they were just saying this is the way we have to go now? Yeah, they basically said this is the way we're going. Um, And I said, no, I want a C-section. They were like, well, you know, the the, uh, theatre is reserved for emergencies at this time because it was like Friday at like half five or something. And I was like, I don't really care. So what? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I'm I'm sorry. And I think I I was quite... sounds like I was a bit cocky but I wasn't I was just a mom and it was my experience and I worked at that hospital so I think that gave me the confidence as well Mm. knowing that actually I felt like the hospital kind of owes me because I work Mm. there Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it helped boost me to be confident and I didn't play that card I didn't say that at all to them but I was like more confident because of that to push your your wishes yeah yeah, and my husband worked there as well. So we were both like, no, hang on. Like, we were just more confident to say it. Um, and in the end, they did agree to me having a C-section. And it all went really quickly. Within half an hour, I was in the theatre um, ha- having Lola. And wow. yeah, it just went really, really quickly. And um, having been, you said that you were scared of c-sections and you hadn't wanted that route at all so yeah was it by the time it was happening how how did it feel was it just relief 
that this is now yeah. happening what was the experience of it like I think I was re- I was really really scared um, and I think everyone is on some degree because it is something major and it's not you know a lot of people always say about it's the easy option and it's not it's not the easy option it's petrifying absolutely petrifying and I hated the idea of the epidural to start with to to actually start the lay to start the c-section and everything I hated the theatre I hated everything but ultimately when it came down to it there was a real I felt a real imminent risk to my child and I would do anything to reduce that risk regardless of what it means for me regardless of what it means for for anyone I wanted my baby to be here safe and I'm going to do everything I can for that Mm. so I just got my big girl pants on and just dealt Mm. with it and I was having a laugh by the end because they were they cut me open to do the c-section I had so much fluid that everyone was like whoa and that was a massive gush (laughs) and (laughs) people who were doing it had to go and change their shoes because they had all my amniotic fluid in their shoes and I was like wow this is amazing I was having a good old laugh and then they were like afterwards they were like stitching you back up and it they like push you around a lot and they were like you'll feel a lot of pushing and I I don't know what they're doing down there but they were pushing something and then I heard um, one of the people say because um, you have like this curtain up in front of you and I heard him say from behind the curtain oh I'm just going to clean out the gutters and I was like what and I shouted over the curtain I was like what the hell are the gutters and he was like oh I'm really sorry I didn't know you could hear that I was like yeah well what are the gutters he was like oh it's like a, a slang medical term for for a part of your abdomen I was like oh okay <laughs> nice to know I've got gutters what's in my gutters what are you doing (laughs) yeah I was like this is so weird oh surreal I was having yeah I was having a good laugh and then I enjoyed it far more than I thought because it was actually a really nice experience and it was quite a nice note I thought to end my pregnancies and labors on Mm. of this really happy moment of like yep she's here all my family are safe we're all safe this yeah. feels right it just felt calm and right and everything was really very calm so she didn't even really cry I think she cried once and Craig was like you can pack that in and honestly since then she's barely cried <laughs> gosh maybe we all need to try that just pack it in first yeah. first few minutes of your life no that's not gonna fly you can just put that to one side now yeah just stop that and he, that's his claim to fame he's like yeah well I did tell her straight <laughs> fair play Craig I think we all need a bit of a Craig in us yeah oh wow and and so finally just to kind of uh, just to end on you know uh, recovery from a c-section very different from recovery from a vaginal birth um what was recovery like did it take a lot longer how did it it did did yeah I think I was very much of the mindset that I've, I've obviously had two babies before and I think if that had have been my first baby and my first labour I would have been really scared but because I had got that experience behind me of like ah everything works out everything's all right I was really quite blasé actually and I probably looking back I probably should have taken my recovery a bit more seriously to be fair um but I was like oh no it's okay and because 
by then I had her June last year. So we were just coming out of like COVID and all the lockdowns and stuff. So I actually didn't want to be cooped up anymore. I wanted to be out and I wanted Mm. my baby to be out and people to see my baby and like family to be involved. And I was done with being in the house. So I was up and out really quickly. Um, you know, we had things to do that summer. We were going on holiday. So I had to, I'd avoided having my COVID jabs whilst I was pregnant because there was this hoo-ha about what's going to happen. They don't Mm -hmm. advise pregnant people to do it. So I waited until after I was pregnant, but we had a holiday to go on like within four months. We'd booked this Mm -hmm. holiday. So I had to get my COVID jabs in to be able to fly. Um, So I booked my first COVID jab five days after my C-section. And yeah, and a bit crazy. And the nearest COVID jab place to have that done was in Birmingham. So at five days post C-section, me, Craig and the baby got on the train. We we went into Birmingham. I walked around Birmingham I got a taxi across the cobbly Birmingham bumpy streets Ooh. from the train station to Millennium Point, mm. which is quite a distance. There's a, a taxi. lot of cobbles there. Yeah. Yeah. Craig had Lola and was doing God knows what with her because we, we weren't allowed to have anyone accompany you to do a jab. So he was like, there's no point me getting in a taxi with the baby because I was like, mm. no way is the baby getting in a taxi. No. So we I did it on my own got to the COVID jab centre and was like, oh my God, I'm in so much pain. Wow. Sat down and like had my jab and they were like, you feeling okay? I was like, well, and they asked me the question. They were like, hey, are you pregnant by any chance? I was like, no, I hope not. Cause I'm only five days post C-section. And they were all like, what? What are, <laughs> what are you doing, doing here? here? <gasps> yeah. But it was all fine. I had a tiramisu to treat myself at the end of it. And it oh, felt well, good. Oh, well, that's all right then. <laughs> And then I got home and I was all right. Wow. I had a Guinness. Because okay. uh, my, my anemia was really bad after the C-section. So I had a Guinness. And just take the edge off. Yeah, it's wow. good for iron levels. Super mum vibes. And, well, I actually have two final questions. I said the last uh-huh. one was a final question, but there are just so many things to talk about. What's it like now being a mum of three? So you've yeah. got... You know, Phoebe at eight, Jack is five, you said, and yeah. Lola is 18 months. 18 months, What yeah. What does a day look like with three individual yeah. children keeping you busy? So, yeah, um, well, it's very busy. Um, I decided a good idea for me would be to split my working hours over five days. So I work school hours five days a week, mm-hmm. which does does work well, but I it means that I have to get everything ready and get the kids to school and do the school run and then go straight from the school run to a full day of work and then finish my full day of work in time for the school run. Mm. So I'm literally, from the moment I wake up at about half six, it's full speed, getting everybody ready for everything that they need Mm. and being prepared to leave the house, knowing that in the time of leaving the house pre-school run, I've got to do a school run, got to get to work, got to drop Lola off at the childminders, got to pick the kids up then do all the after school activities they do something every day all whilst me trying to fit in a bit of me and Craig's got to fit in a bit of Craig so we do I do hockey so I go training once a night and Craig does uh, once a week I do training and Craig does football so he goes once in the week it's all just a bit crazy but I think 
Lola is just the perfect baby because actually she's been dragged here, there, everywhere, and mm. she's not had a moment to whinge <laughs> because she gets ignored in the loveliest way. She was told not to. Um, but yeah, it's 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 crazy. And then obviously there's the homework to slot in and you know, it's it's like busy, busy, busy. But it's lovely. I would not have it any other way. I love how mm. busy it is. It's chaotic and but in amongst all that chaos, I don't I try not to shout at the kids and I genuinely try not to. And if I have to shout at them, I tell them that I'm really upset because I hate shouting. I'm like, how, mm. how have you made me shout? I hate shouting. Don't make me shout at you. Yeah. And we all just have really good fun. And we really do. We all have a laugh. We all giggle about silly things. On the school run, we do silly dancing to silly songs. And we all have a laugh over mm. everything. And it's just, it's like having a group of friends with you. Oh. It's just, it's so lovely. You paint such a wonderful, wonderful picture of motherhood. And I promise this is the final question this time. Um, Is there anything that you just wish you'd have known before embarking on all of these journeys or anything that might have reassured you had you known in advance, um, you know, now looking back and might have made your experience kind of feel feel different or easier? Yeah, I think... I think this when like when I was preparing for my first pregnancy like my after having Phoebe and being a mom the first time it was so different to how I actually ended up being a mom as the third time Mm. like I wish that I'd have just trusted myself a little bit more instead of getting all het up about what I've read or what you should do or the best way to comfort your baby or the way the best food for your baby Mm. or like the best cot or the best mattress or the best anything I I wish I just hadn't got so caught up in all of the fear-mongering really Mm. of and like you shouldn't use a bouncer for your baby because it might hurt their hips and like all those guidelines which I'm sure there is some value in some of the guidelines obviously the ones that the midwives tell you are the ones Mm. that you watch out for but the rest that you read as a first-time mom it just frightens the life out of me and like with Phoebe I I let her have a dummy but I took it off her when she was like three months old because I didn't want her to get hooked on the dummy and then not sleep and have bad teeth and all this stuff I mean now Lola has a dummy and she's like 18 months old and she loves it and she knows what it's called and she wants it and and I just don't care mm. and I just wish I had that confidence and that belief of actually as a mom you know what's best and you don't need to read about how best to comfort your baby because the best way you're going to learn is by trial and error of just you being you your baby knows you and your baby has known you when they've been in your womb they haven't known a textbook they've known Mm. all the things that you would do and that is a comfort to them not what you read in a textbook it's your natural you know the way you walk the way you hold them I didn't use a sling with Phoebe because I thought they were bad but actually when it's come around to use like with Lola I've used it all the time because actually she loved basically being back inside me as best Mm. she could if you know what I mean like it's just the best thing just be you because you as yourself are the best comfort to your baby they know you you know them and you just have to trust it well 
Fiona, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure to hear all about your gorgeous children and your experiences. And thank you for being so open and, and sharing everything with us. Yeah, no, it's absolutely fine. It's been lovely. I just hope it's helpful. I just hope that people get to enjoy it because I know that I've enjoyed it differently each time. And I just wish I'd have enjoyed it. I don't know if my words are going to come out right here, but I wish I'd have enjoyed it the first time round as much as I have this third time round. I wish mm. I could just take that experience with Lola and just go back and just do it again. And just mm. if I can do that to help somebody, then I will. That's the end of this episode. Take care and see you next time.